Welcome to Conversations and Connections with HBA Toronto, the podcast that gives you access to industry pioneers, giving us an opportunity to learn together as we aim to achieve our goal of getting more women into leadership roles. Twice a month, we will be sitting down with influential leaders and HBA members from healthcare and the life sciences to gain valuable insights from their careers and key lessons that they've learned. We will also be bringing you discussions with industry trailblazers around hot topics of the moment. This is a fantastic opportunity for career growth, so please join us. Welcome back, HBA members. Today is episode four and our second hot topic discussion. I am Christina Bellier, HBA Toronto Marketing and Communications Board member and your host for today's podcast. I am very excited today to have my fellow HBA board members, Lily Holly and Giuseppina, talking all about going back to the office. We'll be chatting about getting back, if you're not going already, into office spaces, talk about how we've been collaborating virtually. And what I think the most important is, is I'm going to get some great insights and advice for going back to the office from our guests today. So before we dive in, let's get to know our guests a little bit. So Lily, why don't you go first? Hi, Christina. So happy to be here. Um, love, love the show. I'm a listener. Thank um, you. <laughs> my name's Lily. I, uh, I work for Bridge Medical Communications here in Toronto. Um, we're a boutique medical communications agency. And um, I've been with the HBA for, I think, over two years now, but a volunteer the last year. So, um, you know, what drew me to the HBA originally was just looking for some connections, um, local connections within the industry. And, you know, what I got was so much more, uh, you know, between the programming, the mentorship program. And as a volunteer, I work with um, new member outreach and orientation. So it's, I've kind of doubled down on that ability to uh, be able to reach out and, and chat with new members although it's uh, it's been a nice way again to kind of get into the fold but uh do something related to the industry but yet a little tangential and, and social at the same time i love that that's great and yeah exactly for anyone listening if you're not a member i mean there's so many fantastic things about the hba that you can grow professionally and personally so definitely check that out um online so holly why don't you go next Sure. Thanks, Christina. Uh, like Lily said, I'm also super excited to be here, maybe a little bit nervous, but uh, my name's Holly Ramsey. And up until recently, I was an account manager at IQVIA. Uh, so uh, many of you guys, if you guys are in the pharma industry, are pro probably very familiar with IQVIA and all the different data offerings. Um, I say recently because I am actually starting a new role at a different company next week. So I hope that maybe I bring a bit of an interesting perspective uh, to the uh, going back to office because uh, otherwise I will be meeting a brand new team virtually. And uh, I'm sure there's people who've done there and can attest that it's a bit of a, a bit of a challenge. Um, I've been an HBA volunteer uh, since the Toronto chapter started actually. So it's been a real pleasure to get to watch the um, really it, watch the organization grow here in Canada from, you know, it's very small, humble beginnings to where we are today with so many members and so many great events and different uh, outreach projects and partnerships. And certainly I'm very excited to continue to see where it goes from here. Thanks. Yeah. And I think that will be an interesting perspective. I just onboarded my very first hire um, virtually. So it's been tough. And I keep saying like, as soon as I can get to Toronto, I will, I will get you. But that was the interesting, I was able to hire remotely as a, I'm in Ottawa. So, you know, 
kind of recruiting talent now from, from anywhere. And I'm going to say this right. Jessapina. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> in case it, it was butchered in the beginning a little bit, I think, but uh, why don't you go next? Thanks, Christina. Yeah, no, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, also a little nervous like Holly, um, but I, I work for a company called Night Labs. They're a social and digital content agency out of Toronto as well. Um, and with the HBA, I'm actually a radical hospitality coordinator uh, with the membership and volunteer team. Um, and I've been, I've known about the HBA for about two years or just over when Danielle was starting the Canadian chapter, the Toronto chapter specifically. Um, however, I've only started uh, volunteering since probably February of this year, um, but became a member about a year, just over a year ago now. Um, so I, I kind of got looped into it when I was just doing some Google searches and I was just looking for organizations and the HBA came wow. up a few years ago. Um, and then I saw the Toronto chapter happening. And what I was really looking for was a group for mentorship, collaboration, and networking. Um, networking is at the core of everything that I do. I cannot help myself, literally. <laughs> um, and so this just seemed like the right fit. So that's kind of how I got involved here. Um, but I'm hoping to shed some light on things because I'm one of those people who's been itching to get into an office, itching from the second that it closed. <laughs> Yeah, I think I enjoyed the like time for a bit. And now I'm like, oh, well, and what I'm itching for is just like actual networking events for you to be like, all right, we're having a nice, like, you know, event. Here's the hospitality. Here's what we're doing. You know, we can all be sitting with whatever, you know, cocktails, coffee, wine, and just like networking in person. I miss that so much. Uh, especially, you know, cause I usually get stuck out in Mississauga when I'm visiting Toronto. So with the HBA, I got to be downtown, which was so exciting. Cause you know, if you've been to Ottawa, it's a little different when you go to Toronto downtown. <laughs> but, atmosphere for sure. Yeah, for sure. Which really leads into our first topic of talk to us, you know, and anyone can just jump in. We'll just have a really organic conversation. Um, is your office opening in the fall? I know for me, I got an email. I think we're going to be opening in October and I am very excited to go back a couple of days a week. So what about you guys? I can take this first one because um, I, I think mostly because I'm in a bit of an interesting situation with our team because um, we're, we're a boutique agency. So we work at a at a share space downtown. So the truth is, I, I believe it's been open the whole time with restrictions, but it's been more about what is, you know, kind of our company's policy in terms of when we're encouraging in office, when do we need to be there? So it's, I, I answer that question in a bit of a, a hybrid way, uh, pun intended, because it really is kind of a, a hybrid situation to figure out what are the most opportune times to go in and work together. So, you know, yes, yes, we're, we are currently open and have been open, but I think everyone's really focusing on what are the best times to be together versus uh, any sort of mandate. And, you know, personally, um, you know, the first half of my career is always been in an office. So this whole work from home is, I mean, I, I've traveled a lot for work, but, but otherwise it's been an office. So the idea of being at home has been, it's been odd and now it's familiar, right? So going back, I'm, I'm eager, but I also feel like putting structure around it. So again, without any sort of particular mandate for me, it's about deciding, okay, what is the, the one day a week I'm going to count on being in there and then maybe float other days, but really thinking about what that structure is, because I do need some sort of structure to the 
to the work environment just so I can I can organize you know childcare I can organize my life but that's that's really part of it now because it doesn't look the same yeah definitely I mean it's yeah like you said you have to sort of organize your life and schedule something and especially if there's a flex space I don't think they'd want everyone kind of going in at the same time so then how do you you know your company can organize that yeah, it's been really interesting, actually, because um, in my role uh, with IQVIA, right, I was working with a number of different pharma companies. And um, so really, I think I've seen the whole range where there's a few that have been open sort of on a by reservation basis and with limitations kind of first come first serve. There's some companies that have been really uh, maybe optimistically of hope that they'd be able to get everyone back in the office or out in the fields uh, sort of sooner than, you know, like and this even, and there's a couple of companies who've just said, you know what, we're, we're not even going to bother trying until January because we just, it, it's such a big question mark and we don't know. And, uh, you know, certainly you want to keep all your employees happy and safe and healthy. And it's just a matter of kind of the future still really uncertain. Who, who even knows what things will look like four weeks from now. So it's been um, very interesting to see the range from different companies. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so for us, uh, Night Labs has always had an element of virtual incorporated into it because we have locations in Toronto and LA. So we've always had a remote aspect to, to what we do. Um, and so it was still a bit of a shock, like yourself, Lily, this has become the new normal, I suppose, but I I've loved offices. I've loved conferences. I thrive in conferences. So to have that removed for the last year and a half has been bizarre. Um, and I agree. I think that, you know, from our standpoint, we're actually waiting to see what the biggest players, what our biggest clients are going to be doing. Um, we're more, we're trying to be very, um, understanding and trying to really wrap our heads around what's the safest thing to do from their perspective before we make any moves, because we want to ensure that we're keeping what makes sense to them top of mind um, as an agency. And so that's what we're holding out for. So we're just watching as, as things open up, what they're doing, what they're saying um, in pharma. And then we're also going to have to do the same thing that Lily mentioned in terms of having some structure, because a lot of people have gotten pets. Well, now what are you going to do with all those dogs? So, um, I think that it's definitely going to require some structure coming back into it. Yeah, so, so many COVID pets. Um, yeah, and when I think uh, that kind of really blends well into the next question of, you know, what does work look like over the next year and in the future? And I mean, we were really lucky in the sense that at the Canadian Pharmacists Association, we were actually going to do a work from home hybrid already. So everybody was set up and had just been set up sort of before that March 13th, you know, date that sticks or sticks in my mind of like, okay, the office is closed now. Um, but so we were, you know, trying to work out that schedule and when people go in and parking and and for me I'm like well I don't want to go in during traffic because I don't think I could even put up with traffic at this point in my life now <laughs> so I don't know about you guys in Toronto it's I'm sure it's worse and and you would just sort of laugh at my my hour commute but um so yeah so talk to us like what are you or and even if it's not your work personally what do you think your approach would be to work over the next year even in this uncertainty um, you know, again, just jumping in here, I, I think 
you know, there's a certain amount of flexibility I think everyone needs to have. I think if anything, <laughs> the last mm-hmm. year and a half has shown us, you know, what it means, you know, it's like, okay, let's pivot. Okay, wait, let's adapt. Let's see. It's like, okay, let's maybe just holistically expect that we can't expect anything for certain. And so, you know, where, where I go with that is, is really trying to um, focus on those things that are like meaningful times to be together as well, right? So prioritizing what that looks like, um, you know, and, and in such a way that it's, you know, I think when, when we do get together, it's, I don't know, I, can't, I don't want to speak for the rest of you, but it's like, oh, wow, okay, I really value this time. And mm-hmm. What does that mean? And what does that mean to have those types of in-person connections, whether it is a conference, whether it's a meeting or whether it's a colleague. And so being able to say like, what does that look like? What are those times that it's really important for us to be together, you know, versus, okay, well, you know, the flexibility of doing something virtual means that I don't have the commute time, that I don't have the travel. So you can, you can maybe puzzle that in where you might not have been able to before. So again, it, it really is thinking about the purpose behind each of those interactions versus kind of a given that something always has to be one way or another. And I think whether it's on the vendor or agency side or the pharma side, I think everyone's, you know, really stepping back to reconsider all of those different engagements with, with a little bit more purpose. So I think that's a real positive thing coming out of all of this. Spot on. I've heard the same thing um, from just some people that I've spoken to over the last few weeks, even uh, they've been saying exactly that where Uh, people are going to look for opportune and valuable moments to get together. And this is almost sounding like a long distance relationship we're forming with people now because you're only getting together for very specific moments. (laughs) I mean, so yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, really that, that hybrid model, I don't, it's not going anywhere. I, I think that a lot of people would be, you know, outraged if you said suddenly I had to deal with that commute and that traffic five days a week. Certainly I would kind of be a little, uh, a little upset and maybe a bit uh, sulky while I sat in my car on the 401. Um, but I do think that, you know, like you guys have said, it's going to come down to what can we do in person? What can be done virtually? You know, some of those you know, some of those meetings that could be emails, maybe will hopefully stay as emails, um, as opposed to needing everyone to gather. And the other thing too, actually, that I mean, even logistically, right? If we assume, well, everyone's going to be going into the office for a few days a week, your few days a week might not match up with my few days a week. So then it's even going to be, well, how do you start to manage meetings where, you know, a few of your participants might be there in person, but a few people might be dialing in remotely, because especially if you're brainstorming or trying to have some kind of discussion, how do you make sure that the people who aren't physically in the room um, are, are being heard when they're trying to share their ideas, provide their feedback, as opposed to it's much easier to turn to the person beside you at the table and, and have a conversation with them. Yeah, I mean, I think these are all new skills too, that it's like, before I feel like there's a little bit more of, oh, are we doing this virtually? Or are we doing this in person? But now you get into those situations where, you know, I, I've, I've read all these different comments on, you know, if you're in a hybrid meeting, everyone still should have their camera on type of sentiments, but then, okay, now I've got to figure out the audio with the person sitting next to me, who's on mute, like, are we getting feedback? So it's, you know, what does it mean to be in a meeting room where all like three of you are all in the same Zoom meeting, right? Like, so again, it's, it's figuring out those logistics and, and what tools are going to work best to share ideas. And I think that's, um, you know, a really interesting thing to look at as well. Again, going back to the purpose is like that first initial brainstorm, if you will, maybe that's really important 
in person, but then you take that away, you do your deep work and you come back together to share, right? Like how are you splitting up the activity to again, um, really capitalize on, you know, the need for in-person or virtual, what could, what could be an email, what, what needs to be a meeting, you know, what needs to be face-to-face as much as we can, you know, manage that. Yeah. And I don't know that anyone has like the full look for the future as to what this will be, um, especially not at this point in time, because we don't even know what's going on for four weeks from today. So we'll see how it continues to proceed. But I think that another element where we'll probably need to be in person will be moments where we need to need to build trust with uh, a client or a coworker or a new employee. I think those situations will also be very important to, to bring people together um, because it's, it's, I don't know about the rest of you, but it's been a challenge for sure to do stuff like that virtually screens definitely don't have the same impact as, um, in-person coffees or meetings or anything. Um, mm-hmm. on that note, has anyone figured out handshakes yet? Because, you know, I've ha- I, I'm going to have to meet a couple people next week for the first time. And that awkward little wave thing that we've all sort of settled on is a little embarrassing. Elbow bumps, like, Ooh. I just went in for a straight handshake last week. So did you get like the sanitizer after like, okay, thanks. Now I'm sanitizing. (laughs) It was very, it was very much. I went in for the handshake and then the individual was like, yeah, we, we agreed we're doing handshakes. I'm like, fantastic. Cause I just kind of went for it. So (laughs) my business skills have not disappeared in the last year and a half. Apparently I still have a lot of muscle memory. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, like that would be awkward. You know, you go in for the handshake and then the other person slinks away to their hand sanitizer. How do you handle that one? <laughs> or or like, yeah, even if it's like the air, like I did I had to do like an air thing the other day, like the double kiss, and you're like, oh, okay, we're okay, we're just like we're airing it like but like two <laughs> feet apart. Sure. All right, we're doing this. Um, so anyone out there, an etiquette book, I think would sell if you wanted to put that together, a business etiquette for the new the new normal. I hate calling it that, but, um, and I think we all talked about, you know, it's, it's so great when everyone's sort of blending into the next question of, of talking about tools. So I wanted to sort of always throw this in of tools that you find, you know, have helped collaboration because it is hard. It's like you said, how do you sort of run a zoom meeting where half the people are in the office, half the people are out or what kind of tools, you know, we've talked a lot about do we get, do we invest in monday.com and, and what are we investing in? Because now you don't have a big whiteboard where people are sort of writing ideas and brainstorming. So just sort of, um, what have you found that have, you know, has worked for you and your team or that you might be looking at as the hybrid goes into approach, like what tools would be used over the next year? You, you uh, opened the door with a whiteboard comment there. I, uh... <laughs> so I, I, I love the man. I mean, I, ha- I used to write, you know, on the whiteboard in my office all the time. I'm a very visual learner and I like to draw and map things out for other people to help communicate uh, my ideas. So, I mean, I pull it up and I pull it up in meetings, not just, you know, more formalized workshops with kind of some sort of framework in a whiteboard, but, but just talking through someone, uh, talking through something with someone. Um, and there are so many different platforms, you know, some of the meeting software have it integrated already. So, you know, whatever, whatever your platform, just pulling that up, I find invaluable because I don't find it always as easy to go through like a word document and, you know, trying to, whether it's bulleted or prose, I, I find that you tend to get a few more eyeballs that can roll back. <laughs> but if you, if you bring up an image, okay, this is what we're talking about and you write something next to it, or, you know, you're just blocking something out, being able to have that shared understanding 
I think can be really key for certain topics. And again, there there are just a lot, there's a lot more out there that are very user-friendly. So that would be my tip and trick, again, internal uh, as much as externally used. I feel like I have a much more boring answer, actually, Lily. I um I thought it was interesting. So when we the shift started for the work from home, I mean, and maybe it's because our team we had a few people who worked from home anyway. Certainly, one of my teammates was was working home from home, you know, ninety five percent of the time. So I get like like the shift in how we work was didn't seem quite as significant. I mean, you know, in terms of the tools we were using, I, I was using Teams anyways. Um, you know, to send little messages to my teammates, you know, which say, hey, I've got a question, or you know, hey, I'm bored, let's go grab a coffee, kind of thing. Uh, time to wander over to the kitchen. Um, and even in terms of I mean, again, because my role was very data heavy and maybe this is just how I would approach things, right? You know, like the screen share is the lifesaver. You know, I can share my screen. I can use my mouse sort of as that, that pointer as I'm, I'm walking through. You know, I haven't really adopted any new technologies or, uh, you know, maybe I've been boring people for my presentations for the last 18 months and I just haven't thought of it until now. <laughs> but uh, no, I, like, I think it, it's been, like you said, I mean, you, you want to make sure you're being very visual. And again, that's where, you know, walking through like an Excel report and highlighting things as you're walking through is, is really key to help people follow along. Um, or maybe I've just gotten really good at rambling sort of that uh, stream of conscious talk so people know where I'm going with things. I love it. Maybe. That's great. Um, I mean, to be fair, I've, I've done the exact same thing in terms of screen share. That's kind of been the go-to uh, when you're trying to explain something, trying to demonstrate something, you know, pull up a couple of slides you've worked on and show the world. Uh, however, I've also found that old habits die hard. So that whiteboard, Lily, we, I think there was a brainstorm where uh, myself and like two members of management were literally on our own whiteboards in like on screen, but all standing up against the wall, writing on our whiteboards as we were speaking, um, brainstorming, which was fantastic because then you just kind of share like screenshots of what you've got. And some people had their ideas listed in different ways that promoted even further brainstorming to be like, oh yeah, I didn't think about, you know, like that, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But um, we've also really loved using G Suite tools. So be it the sheets, be it the docs, whatever they are. So coming on camera for Teams, I highly do not recommend the whiteboard on Teams. We gave that a shot early on and that was a, did, did not work, nope. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we, what we do now is we'll come on screen, especially as a team, um, with MS Teams, but then have the G Sheet or the Google Doc ready to go. And everyone will also be present, scrolling through at the same time. It kind of keeps everyone aligned, I feel, um, and also visually present. I think anyone who's worked with me back when I used to be live in my office whiteboarding would attest to how horrific my handwriting is. So the added benefit of, of you know, a digital whiteboard is, <laughs> that you can read what I'm putting up there. So uh, I think that's that's something that I've, I've enjoyed. But, um, you know, I think I think everyone figures out what works for them. And if you're, you know, good at the note taking, people get it. It's, it's not that there's a wrong or right. But I think that if you're trying to communicate something, the idea of, of that shared understanding and awareness is is so key. Um, and I think, you know, as long as you can kind of keep people engaged, it's not a, a pass to kind of tune out and multitask, then you're on the right track. Yeah. And I feel like I've missed out on this. We didn't do any whiteboarding. Like I was taking like notes by hand, but then I would like have to transcribe them back into an, why didn't I think of a digital whiteboard? Although 
good good to note on the teams i think we we had we had something before teams and then we tried zoom then then it was like so it was like kind of the trial and error of what message platform video platform works best in the company um so yeah that was kind of trial by fire there but so kind of then moving into i kind of the next sort of section is really just um kind of like your personal you know your personal feedback um especially so i know that for me i i asked the staff of my staff do you, how do you feel about going back this office? You know, if the office was open, how do you feel about going back and would you? So what is sort of um, some advice or insights that you can give our listeners to how you guys feel about going back to the office this fall, if, if it's open and if you'd want to? Dead silence. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, it's, yeah, there we go. I was just going to say, um, I don't know if we're going back to the office in the fall, but I have been asked that exact same question by our management team. Um, and personally, I, I would be 100% for it. I think, I think bringing back, again, hate using this, but a sense of normalcy, bringing back what used to be familiar, it might feel awkward at first. It might feel a little uncomfortable, Um, but I think it's going to also feel like riding a bike that after one or two times we will enjoy it again, I think, but again, not in a full capacity. Cause I, I think that would make people anxious from what I've heard anyways, for people who have been told that, um, so in order to reduce the anxiety, but keep the excitement up and keep, um, the, the happiness and energy kind of flowing through everyone and, and keeping them engaged and giving them a break from their either apartment of four walls or same rooms in their house. I think it would be fantastic. Personally speaking. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, again, a, a modified schedule, but I, I too started a new job during the pandemic. So I have haven't spent a lot of in-person time with my colleagues. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to working with them again. It's, you know, modified schedule. It's not going to be every day and, and it's always going to be a mix of remote and hybrid. Um, but I guess the two things I would kind of tack on to that is that, you know, in all of this, I really miss those moments of spontaneity. You know, again, it, it's very cliche though. We don't have the water cooler talk anymore, but it's not just the water cooler talk. It's the, you know, seeing what someone has on their desk and understanding what they like for breakfast. Oh yeah, me too. You know, like I'm a, you know, I'm a go-to smoothie person or, or whatever, but you know, just little ways to connect that are spontaneous. And that's really hard when everything has to be scheduled. And so um, that idea of having, having moments working side by side, even if you're working on different things, I feel like is a really um, integral part to how we connect in the world. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to having those moments, um, again, especially as someone who has been remote at a new job for um, 10 months now. So uh, I think that's, that's a, a, a thing that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like Lily, I mean, you know, starting a new job, it is, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I know that, you know, to, to meet people and start to build those relationships, it really does come down to more than, you know, I don't think anyone's ever joined a, a meeting and had it actually been 100% business talk. There is always the small talk, you know, how, what did you do on the weekend? How are the kids? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you also really like to play volleyball. I like to play volleyball, things like that. And so really sort of building yourself into that team and that team culture, some of those 
I like how you call them the, the spontaneous interactions, I think are, are so key to doing it and doing it well. Plus just to get a read on, you know, how do different people interact? Like, you know, how do we speak to this person? Like, what's okay with this person and things like that. Um, but on the flip side, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little anxious about it. I, um, I've been living in, you know, Brampton, which has been one of the COVID hotspots uh, of Ontario for a long time. So I am very used to being things like very cautious of where am I spending my time? What spaces am I going to? What are the other people um, around me? Are they keeping their distance? Are they wearing their masks? Things like that. Um, so there's a lot of anxiety to me to say, I'm going to go sit in a, a building of of strangers where you know a lot of our day overlaps and being very cognizant of you know well am I keeping up things like how frequently I'm, I'm washing my hands or you know not touching my face and, and making sure that I'm following all of those things because you know for me and my my own health issues and some of the people that I, I you know my family who I spend time with in my day-to-day -day and keeping in mind some of their you know additional things that put them at risk wanting to make sure that I'm very very mindful and careful with uh, taking those precautions and you know even going from there like I have no doubt that my first day in the office I'm going to be so exhausted because I can't think of the last time I spent time with that many people at once like even this I'm kind of like man I'm going to need a nap after this I'm talking to three people and you know like <laughs> when was the last time any of us had to do that um, yeah, well, it's like a muscle though like for those who travel a lot like you know you know exactly what you pack in your bag you don't put any water in your water bottle and you go right through the security line or you've got your nexus like boom 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 but if you haven't traveled in two years you forget that it's the same thing like going back to the office you're like yeah. oh my god where's my pass card where's my you know where's my phone did I bring my wallet like I forgot my wallet like five times the last time I got into the office because I switched bags and I, I don't think that way anymore so yeah it's, it's yeah. relearning it's relearning all of these things um, you know, how do I get ready for a day in the office like what what do I pack for lunch I haven't had to pack a lunch <laughs> in 18 months guys like I didn't even think about that oh and I feel like probably a pack of emergencies is probably going to come with me everywhere I go just to boost my immune system now when I leave the house <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a really good one that makes it like sparkling water somehow. It turns real water into sparkling emergency water. And I'm like, ooh, this is fun. Look for that one. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is, it's great. I think it's, I, I don't even, I think I'm so just needing in person to be back in person. Any of my anxiousness is just overridden by like, I just miss people so much. Like, I want to see people and like, it is, it's hard. I mean, my boss started and I'm like, I can't read your face or your body. Like what is happening? I don't, can you tell me what you're thinking? Cause it was really hard to read him and his poker face over a video. And you're just sort of like, uh, I'm trying. So yeah, I'm just, I'm a people person and I'm so excited. So yeah, excited. I'll just like come with be, sprays. Yeah. I think I might be more excited for the in-person interactions of like, Oh, hey, like I can go visit, see the like, see the regulars at, you know, the rock climbing gym that I go to, or, you know, I can like, <laughs> like those people, you know, I went to the movie theater the other night and I was so excited to be there that um, it was like weirdly emotional. I don't know if I'm going to be quite that emotional about going back to the office, but man, the movie theater was a big deal. Nice. Maybe the coffee, the coffee woman, your regular coffee woman, that, mm -hmm. that would be exciting. Oh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. Yeah. I haven't done the movie theater. That's everyone's highlight that I've been speaking to lately. I did the movie. Like I went back to the movie theater and I was like, I've got to put that on my list. I miss that stuff. Um, so, okay. So we're going to do a quick rapid fire of 
two parts and I'm surprising you guys this for the best and worst part of working remotely and the best and worst part of going into the office. Duh, duh, duh. So who's going to jump in best, uh, best part of working remotely. Wearing my sweatpants. <laughs> Love it. Adopting a kitten. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, geez. Um, the, the, the commute is fantastic. <laughs> Can't beat it. All right. Worst part of working remotely. My snacks are too easily accessible. I eat all day. I love it. So true though. I'm actually going to flip that around and say the commute again, because I don't have the transition time. So as much as I actually enjoy that it's quick, I find that I miss that transition time before my day starts and afterwards. So um, yeah, <laughs> it's the worst and best for me. I'm a huge people person like you, Christina, and it's like, I can't shake anyone's hands. No hugs, no handshakes, no nothing. It's, it's bizarre. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I, it's, it's not my jam. Okay. So, well, then obviously we would know best part of the office then to subpoena people. people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Literally Agreed. just <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to say people on that one. Those, those little social interactions that where you really get to know your team. That's, that's what I miss. So it's not repeating that, although I totally agree. Um, downtown food options are fantastic. <laughs> I'm so sick of everything that's in the, I mean, I love my neighborhood, but I'm, I'm missing the options of downtown. I would also miss that if I worked in downtown Toronto, because I'm not going to lie. It is amazing. And every chance I get, I will be like, yes, I'll take a meeting down there. So I'll just be making meeting with all three of you so I can just be downtown. All right. So worst part of the office. All right, let's, you can be as honest as you want. Honestly, <laughs> the commute. For me, like that one, I would definitely give the commute because I live in Etobicoke. And so going into the office requires either me to take my car on the Gardner or the 401 and it's not pretty or take transit, which also can be not pretty. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say I don't I don't know how to say this. It's it's the days where you know that you're going you're you're dealing with your commute and, and dressing up and, and packing your, you know, sandwich or whatever for the days where you know that you're just sitting at your desk on the phone and back-to-back -back meetings for eight hours, um, which really, especially after the last 18 months, is kind of like, I don't need to be in the office to do that. Those meeting days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I haven't been in my office long enough. I mean, I would have, I would have said being around my dog, but it's, I think it turns out that the share space actually allows dogs. They might have had some restrictions. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I'm not sure I'm like turning that into a positive or not answering the question, but I have to say that the job before this one, I, we weren't allowed dogs. And so it was really nice to be able to have a, a coworker who, you know, sits behind me and, you know, snores occasionally, but always makes me smile. <laughs> So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if he'll be coming to work with me if I'm only going in a day or two. I think the solution to all the pandemic pets getting lonely when we're all back in the office should just be that all the offices let people bring their pets in. How great would that be? Yeah, well, so Mike, I used to bring him in and then I couldn't bring him in. He got like just completely depressed. And then when the pandemic hit, I think he was just like reborn again. He was like, oh my God, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so 
I feel like I can't, I can't go back. I feel like it would be, you know, this horrific place to put him in. <laughs> so we have to figure out, we have to figure out a good transition plan. <laughs> seriously yeah for me it would be like I love cats I'll just pop like an allergy pill and be like oh look at those pretty shots yay um and yeah and for anyone at my work listening coffee I dread going in because the coffee's horrible I'm sorry CPHA it tastes really bad (laughs) I'm used to drinking like two or three Nespresso's a day now so I have spoiled that's like my big spoiling I spend a lot on Nespresso coffee and have two Nespresso machines so that is like the one thing I am just kind of like oh god I'm gonna have to drink crap coffee and I and I'm I'm not downtown so there are no coffee shops that I can go to like just down the road which is which is not great either um, so that is that. So kind of as we wrap up, uh, we're getting to time. We're always a little over because I love when my guests talk. Um, let's just get leave everyone, if you don't mind, with advice for going back to the office or just advice in general of, um, yeah, either hybrid going back or staying at home. Well, I, I, knowing, Christina, that you've just onboarded somebody or you're, you are hiring, sorry, I think you said, and, and Holly, you are starting new. I think what I would say is onboarding is one of those things to always prioritize in person. I think, you know, everything we've just talked about in terms of what you learn working with your colleagues, what you pick up on. So I would just say whatever your return to work looks like, if you are yourself onboarding or you are onboarding another individual, that's something that really should be prioritized in person because that's invaluable. I agree. I mean, I guess mine would just be, uh, be kind. Um, It's been a long 18 months for everyone. You know, you really don't know what different, what challenges different people have gone through, whether, you know, they've had a, you know, COVID case in the family or anything. You don't really know what, what's going on at at home that people have been putting up with, or, you know, even in terms of going back to the office, you don't know where people's comfort boundaries are. And it's just be respectful, be kind. Um, We're all going through a lot of things right now. Yeah. And I guess, um, be yourself. Uh, I feel like if, if you're someone who loves to dress up and, you know, put on that suit or whatever it is, or if you feel more comfortable in whatever we've all been wearing for the last 18 months, I think being yourself is completely acceptable at this point in time and will make it probably a little less of an adjustment. Um, because then you don't feel like you're changing everything all at once. Um, you can change one thing at a time by starting with the location and then move back to whatever it used to be. I'm envisioning all these people going back to work with like a dress top on top and then they're like sweatpants on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, probably my ideal scenario. Oh my gosh. I mean, that could be a little hybrid outfit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's making our clothes? Like, yeah, someone needs to invent some really comfy bottoms, but like a dressy top. This sounds I like know. a new brand. We've just, yeah, we're on to something. We're on to something. Well, that wraps it up for today. Thank you for the advice. I mean, again, you know, to all our listeners, thank you for tuning again today. Thank you to our guests, Lily, Holly, and Josephina for coming in, for coming on the podcast, looking up to what's next. We've got another fantastic leader in healthcare interview coming up mid-September. So stay tuned for that. I want to give a big thanks to our HBA community for listening today. I am Christina Bellier, Marketing and Communications Board Member, and your host for today's podcast. And until next time, 
Let's push boundaries and rise together.